Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hey, Postables, you're listening to Deliver Me a Podcast, brought to you by Casey, Jess, and Cammie. A special thanks to James Jandrish for letting us use music on our show. Now, grab some YooHoo, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, Postables, to <laughs> Deliver Me a Podcast. We are so excited to be back in the new year. We hope that your 2021 is off to a great start in your personal lives with your families and all of that good stuff and that you are being brought joy and joy through this podcast. So guys, I'm so excited because to the altar. Yay! Woo! Uh, <laughs> and we have props. We brought props. We have props. props. <laughs> so who would like to share their prop first well mine's a little obvious so <laughs> it's showing it's showing right there so i brought back my shane necklace there very appropriate very, very appropriate, appropriate. <laughs> jess what did you bring today i think you should go next oh you think uh, I no should go next? no i'm no no i think jess should go next <laughs> absolutely no. But I, I have secret props. <laughs> what? Wait, you didn't <laughs> tell us talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll show the this pro. Oh, that's backwards. <laughs> I have this little guy. And uh, Kami's bringing up another one. Yes, our little <laughs> owls to represent the owl in the barn. Um, but you well, know, here, put wait, 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 put put yours back up because now it's a wedding of owls. <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter's pink owl is MIA, and I actually didn't think to look for it. So no, no, um, that's okay, it's right because, here because it's the wedding. It's the wedding. See, See this, we, but we we need the three strands of the cord. Oh right. <laughs> We need a flower but, girl. She's bright. But that's pink. the but that's the heaven owl. You know, oh. <laughs> we can't okay. show the heaven owl. Heaven owl is in heaven. Okay, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Okay, because oh. we know that I'm the romantic of this group, and we know <laughs> we know how just emotionally charged I am watching this movie. Right. So, just for you guys. <clears throat> I have <laughs> tissues. <laughs> I brought a whole four pack here just for you. You're going to hand that through the screen. <laughs> and I'm ready. She's got the mop. She's got I've the got it. Let me just get that out of the way there. All right. Um, got you covered. You're going to need that later. So you can't get it out of the way now. <laughs> it's true. You might Minor detail. <laughs> You might need that in the next like three minutes. I have tissues to play with the whole episode. So (laughs) 
either that or tissues to cover the camera so you don't so we don't see you snickering at us. you know it's probably a good thing you brought that early because as we all know in our pre-planning I already started crying so <laughs> It's true. Postables. We hadn't even started recording and Casey was crying. So. This is very unlike me, guys. <laughs> we got another Kristen Booth here. <laughs> yes. Speaking of, this is my prop. It's an ugly <laughs> that I stole from my husband's closet. But look, it's plaid with stripes and stuff that's that's pretty that, that's pretty appropriate for the <laughs> mm -hmm. i don't know how guys wear this it's, i feel like i'm choked but all right so before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode what was your overall thought i mean we are ending with i mean we're ending with the bang <laughs> How do you say an overall thought with this movie? <laughs> there are so many facets. <laughs> There's way too many subjects to have one thought on this movie. Did you melt? Because that was my word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you innerly squeal and maybe die a little bit inside? I don't think I squealed. Obviously. <laughs> See, this is the beauty of us three. I mean, we have the romantics and the the not romantics. <laughs> which is perfectly in check. <laughs> she keeps us in check. That's right. <laughs> Calm down, guys. I'm going to come at you with this tissue. <laughs> I thought it was the perfect to way to end a canon if it were to be the end. Mm -hmm. Nope. No, we are still holding out. It, I mean, it's not, not the, the end. end of a canon. It's not, it's not. But what I'm saying is there are a lot of shows and like series out there that ends very terribly. Cedar Cove. <laughs> Anne of Green Gables <laughs> okay. 3. I mean, you yeah, have a lot of Anne of Green Gable. Anne of Green Gables 3 was not disappointing, but it just, it was come on give us some more right but with this because it ties it up in a nice bow I felt satisfied I mean obviously we want more obviously we want this show to continue until they are in wheelchairs rolling down the DLO with canes and walkers no but no 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 when they're retired to Washington DC well, that would be the, that's, that's leading up to that. I mean, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's part of the story. We, mm -hmm. anyways. Yeah. Um, but if there, if the, if the series, if the canon, if it was going to end there, I mean, it was, it was the perfect ending, I think. It mm -hmm. was, it was a good way to end if it was going to end. We're always going to want more. Yeah. Yeah. We're I always going to want more, but if it had to end there, it was beautifully done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was set up. It felt like a finale to me. Um, I'm glad it's not, but it felt like one with all the callbacks and everything. Like, there's so many things that reminded will remind you of different parts from like previous, you know, movies and episodes. And I feel like and that's all the kind of flashbacks mm -hmm. and 
yeah. the montages. Yeah. It, I was going to say, I feel like that's really Martha too, because she did the same thing in Touched by an Angel. The, ser- uh, the series finale had a ton of callbacks from like the first season, especially. Wow. Um, so it, that's what it reminded me of. Okay. But I'm well, glad it's, it's not the, the finale. So. Yes. All right. Let's, let's dive into this very jam packed movie one theme that stood out to me is the theme of mothers and daughters and we have a situation in which um so let's go through the four postables first we know uh, norman's mother left him Mm -hmm. oliver did not have a good relationship with his mother as she left him also and then passed away um when he was um a little older teenager yeah something like that teenager shane and her mother seem to be fairly close ish we don't really know a whole lot about that relationship we know that she sends macaroons late like late (laughs) in the mail and that she gets birthday card (laughs) um and from what we kind of hear with like on the one side of the conversation when shane is talking to alex she says, have you talked to mom? Which kind of tells me that Shane keeps up with her mom. So oh, yeah. maybe they're not like best friend, mother and daughter, but they are definitely closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Rita. Rita is an only child and she has, um, she and her mom have a great relationship. And she's very much like the, the child that they both cater and coddle and like love. I mean, because how can you not? love Rita I mean if my daughters were like Rita I'd be like oh um well and not only that but Rita really knows her mother Mm -hmm. I mean there are a lot of there are a lot of sons and daughters out there that don't truly know their parents I felt I felt like that a lot at my father's funeral Mm -hmm. just hearing all of these things that had seemed second nature while I was growing up or I had known or and had passed over but I realized how little I knew my father Mm. and so Rita I think really knows her mother yeah Mm -hmm. she does um, and in this movie, we discover that Rita's mother had uh, passed away. Um, splunking, which is spelunking of all things. Cave diving, essentially. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and then on the flip side, we have here a young girl um, named Jessica, whose mother had been missing for so many years. At least that's what we we're kind of led to believe. So let's start with the letter story and we will come back to the discovery of the letter because that is very crucial for mops and tissues (laughs) but (laughs) when Uh, casey casey i think we need to add a fan oh (laughs) we we need a fan yeah uh i have a large one in the other room but not one that i can easily grab okay i can just use my tissue you know <laughs> makeshift fan. <laughs> After the discovery of the letter in the wedding dress, 
we are, what did you all think about this, this letter from mommy cryptic. to your daughter? Mm-hmm. Very cryptic. You know, I, I would say <clears throat> because all of them, all of the letters have been cryptic in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've said things that they've said things without saying them because they're writing to people who know what they're talking about and stuff like that. But in this letter, Jessica doesn't know what's going on with her mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is probably the most cryptic letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. It's definitely cryptic, but you also get the sense, you know, that the mother really cares for her daughter. And if there's like an estrangement, it's only because they've been separated, not necessarily because of a falling out, I guess is kind of the interpretation that I got. Because we've had other letter stories where there's been like a true estrangement. Um, But I don't think I got that feeling from this one, just that the mother was unable to be with her daughter for for whatever reason. Yeah, the first time I saw this movie, I I thought, wow, this is a very dedicated mother who obviously can't be there right now. But she just she loves her so so much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that I didn't get I didn't get the idea of an estrangement at all. Yeah, I I didn't really know what to think about the letter. Um, I definitely didn't see that storyline coming. Oh, gosh, no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought maybe um, military mom, but then we've had that story before. Um, I seriously thought CIA. I really (laughs) did. I I thought CIA. (laughs) I thought maybe this was a situation in which like parents have to sacrifice and work in a different country to provide for their kid because that um that actually happens a lot with filipinos where a parent will go overseas and leave their family behind just so that they can provide for them Mm -hmm. Um, and then eventually the goal is always to reunite with the family Um, but we know several family like my mom worked with several women back in the day who would just you know leave their kids and their family behind and become you know work here in the u.s and then when they made enough money they'd bring their family back over so i didn't know right it was like that kind of situation um but what we find out is that um through a series of events we discover that the recipient of this wedding dress is a young lady named jessica who is an author of these stories about her mother Annalise, at least the ones that Annalise tells her. Mm-hmm. So um, at this point in the movie, when we find Jessica, we don't we still don't know anything about the mom other than the fact that Annalise has been gone since Jessica was 12. Right. And Jessica is now a grown adult. She's maybe 25, 26, 27. So she 
she had been working. She had um, Annalise had been working at the Brown Palace for five years, and Jessica was married five months before. So I would put her at no older than twenty-five. That's mm-hmm. that's my take on it. Yeah. So speaking of Annalise in her working at the Brown Palace. The story takes a very sharp turn. Mm. Um, you know, of this whole time, we think that Annalise is in all of these different countries. Jessica shares that um, she's getting, she's gotten letters in the last few years from all sorts of random countries and, um, which are legitimate because they're postmarked from those different countries and like the stamps and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the postables discover that the paper that it has been written, it has been written on is the Brown palace hotel paper. Just with thanks to Norman smelling. Nobody (laughs) smells like my Norman. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks grandma. (laughs) So Rita and Shane find Annalise and Annalise is a, um, she's the housekeeper at the Brown Palace Hotel. I love the way they did that. Said Annalise, she's right over there. And there's a woman walking down the stairs. Mm So her? No, her. Yeah. And Huh? (laughs) <laughs> the one with the vacuum you know? <laughs> that I, I just went what <laughs> that that threw me for a loop yeah well I kind of figured it would be the lady who was vacuuming because it's never the obvious one <laughs> but I I too was a little confused like wait a second I thought this lady was traveling the world what is going on and we discover that Annalise had been, um, she'd been dealing with um, mental health issues um, and that she, she needed to go get help. And that is why she left her daughter, but still very much loved her. And it wasn't something that she wanted to do, but needed to do for Jessica's safety. So Mm -hmm. thoughts on this discussion that Shane and Rita have with Annalise. Well, one thing, this isn't about the discussion per se, but this is one thing that I really noticed. Before we see Annalise as the maid at the Brown Palace, we don't see her. I we, thought that we, was interesting. An interesting yeah, choice of story. The way, the way that the camera is angled and pans around, it always shows Jessica as a little girl. Mm-hmm. And we hear Annalise telling the stories, but we never see her until after it shows her uh, as a maid at the Brown Palace. And one thing that I kind of saw but never noticed and pinpointed that I noticed was the difference in her appearance. When she's at the Brown Palace having tea, 1892 Darjeeling. (laughs) When she's at the Brown Palace having tea with her daughter, she is so disheveled. 
Her hair is swept up like she's trying to be fancy, but her hands weren't steady enough to make it so. And it's falling all over the place. She has all of this incredibly gaudy jewelry. It's like she put on every single piece of jewelry she owned to make herself up. And then it shows her putting on her lipstick and her hand is very shaky and, and her lipstick smears up onto her upper lip. And then you see her as the maid. She's got a simple pair of earrings. Her hair is beautifully and simply done. She's got enough makeup to be attractive, but not overly done. And obviously she's wearing a maid's uniform, so it's not overly done but just the difference in her demeanor and the difference in her appearance was so stark that it I I thought that that was a beautifully crafted juxtaposition Mm -hmm. to show just how far Annalise had come Mm -hmm. I've never even noticed that (laughs) Until you just said it, but now now that I'm like thinking back to the movie, I can see that. And I think that's very, very interesting now that you point that out. I didn't notice until this last time watching it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I saw it, but I didn't mm-hmm. purposefully notice it. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing what you see in a show or a movie when you know that you have to do a review on it. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I'll, I'll comment on the actual discussion. So for me, you know, being non-romantic, this, um, this discussion was like the most powerful part of the movie for me. Um, because I mean, I've been very open here in, you know, in my social media that I struggle with mental health issues. And I just love that conversation because you can see that Annalise, she's, she's ashamed. She feels like she's been a disappointment. And Rita's words to her, Crystal did such a good job with this performance and saying, you are strong and so brave. You faced a terrible darkness and had the courage to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And I think that for anyone who has mental health issues, they can relate to that because you do feel weak and you feel powerless and you feel like you're a disappointment. And you need to be reminded that you're facing huge challenges and that makes you strong and brave. And so I just really appreciate that message that Martha threw in there. And I think that that is um, part of what makes this a great movie for me personally, not being the, the gushy romantic and all the other scenes. <laughs> gushy romantics can appreciate a powerful monologue and discussion as well. Thank you. <laughs> and, you know, watching it this time and hearing those words said from, from Rita Crystal, it's very timely because last year, 2020 was such a hard year and mental health issues and anxiety and depression really skyrocketed. Um, I mean, even for me personally, like I had not been going through some really difficult internal turmoils in the last several months with just everything going on, being in lockdown, being a working mom from home with kids and having to do everything and not being able to go anywhere. Um, I hear you, girl. I hear you. Um, Not to mention 
last year, um, and I've shared this before, my mom got really, really sick. Um, and like that had been in the back of my mind, like the whole year, like what if that happens again? And then my aunt passed away very, very suddenly um, at the end of October. Um, so all of these things were like building up in my head and some, it, it's hard to ask for help. It's hard to go to somebody and say like, I didn't go get checked out. Um, and, and that was something that I had always struggled with. Like I had never been the one to, like, I'm always the one that everyone's like, oh, you've got this in the bag. You're fine. Oh, you know, and I'm like, I am not fine. I need somebody to tell me that I am not fine. Um, <laughs> and so for me, uh, you know, for me, it was just taking that first step and actually talking to someone, talking to a professional about these things and realizing and hearing, you know, how to how to cope and how to um, handle these struggles. Um, and I think it's a good reminder for anybody out there because we need to break the stigma. And I think that's what this movie is doing. It's breaking the stigma of you know, mental health and um, anxiety and depression and all of those other um, things. Like we need to take care of ourselves um, as we do with our physical bodies. Like if you're sick, you go to the doctor. If you break your arm, you go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. But if you're not in a good mental place, like you can't, you have to go see, to see somebody, you have to see a doctor or a licensed professional or somebody. Um, so that was one big takeaway from this movie is if you know someone who's struggling, use this as an opportunity and use this story as an opportunity to share it with your friends and say, listen, you know, this is a fictional story. Yes. But this is the situation is real. That happens all the time. And so something something else that um that I think is a really good thing to point out is that Annalise didn't stop with one program. Mm-hmm. You know, she kept on having relapses and so she kept going away, but she found a live-in mental health program for women she was supposed to be gone six weeks but that turned into six months but she didn't try to get out early but then the program lost its funding and she ended up on the streets Mm -hmm. and for a while she just lived her life like that convincing herself that she was undercover (laughs) that she was an undercover agent like Nellie Bly Mm -hmm. but then when she saw the book when she saw that young girl reading a book written by her daughter she went to the hospital she didn't just stop at one program it took her a long time but she kept going back until she found a drug that worked and it helped her become a stable, calm, very functional woman in society because beforehand, obviously she hadn't been. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that she didn't stop. And Janet Kidder, who played Annalise, just 
the telling of her story when she said they found a drug that worked you know she really embodied the miracle that it was mm-hmm. and that i just thought that was such a beautiful moment performed by her any other thoughts uh are are we going are we going to the conversation between rita and jessica yet or are we still go there unless okay (laughs) all right so we've we found annalise um and now it is time to share this news with jessica um rita and shane Go to Jessica's house. They let Jessica know, we found your mother and this is what's happened. Man, they're um, letting the women handle everything, aren't they? <laughs> they sure are. <laughs> like, this is a woman thing. This is a female matter. We'll let you ladies take care of it. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's interesting that we've had a lot of father-son stories in this canon and we never really with the with the four postables really i mean it's always about it's like joe and oliver we have shane and her dad that she was estranged from we have norman and his you know he doesn't have a mom or dad um but his relationship with bilbo mm-hmm. um and so this is actually the first parent mother storyline for the postables and i thought that was really appropriate considering the weaving that happens because we yeah. have here both Rita and Jessica, they've both lost their mother in a, some sort of a way. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the, the one thing that stood out in this conversation with Jessica is seeing how much Rita has grown. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. When we meet Rita in the pilot, she's very self-conscious. She's very small and in- internal and very shy. And Looks very, down a lot. Very, yes, very insecure. She's very, um, she's not confident in when, she, when she's talking to Shane or Oliver or even Norman. Um, but we see this growth in Rita. And when Rita tells Jessica the straight truth, like she's like straight up with her, honest. <laughs> that passion. <laughs> I'm tell you what it is. I sat there and I was like, first of all, you go girl. Second of all, wow. <laughs> I, I sat there in awe and I thought to myself, Rita has really grown up. She's found her confidence and she isn't, she isn't afraid to speak her mind anymore without losing that sweet readiness about her. And remember when we talked to, remember when we talked to Crystal that she, that she said that she was really, because we mentioned that we said, you, how did you do that? Keeping the sweet Rita nature Mm -hmm. while still giving it to her straight and she said yeah that took a couple of takes because I got too angry (laughs) (laughs) but she pulled it off and the line the line that gets me every oh gosh mop (laughs) my mop's on the floor now (laughs) 
Oh, okay. <laughs> tissue, tissue. Got those. Okay. When Jessica says, maybe it's too late. And Rita says, no, no. I know what too late feels like. And Rita can't, Rita can't have another conversation with her mother. And if Jessica had denied herself this opportunity to make amends with her mother, that would have killed Rita mm -hmm. because she knows what too late feels like. And, oh, and that, that is just, that is heartbreaking and beautiful all at once. It's just, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love how she encourages her, she, Rita encourages Jessica to reach out and don't give up. Because I think to, in, in real life, I think sometimes we are so quick to just give up on people. Mm -hmm. regardless sure. of what the situation is we're, we're like oh they're a lost cause um <laughs> but nobody it, it's never it's never too late to make amends with somebody to reach out to somebody to reconnect to mm -hmm. um have that redemption story and whatever it may be and I think that's another thing that Martha has constantly shown through this entire series is that it is never too late mm -hmm um until it until it is well the story does not end there because we have the most beautiful reunion between jessica and annalise at the brown palace hotel and jessica is wearing the wedding dress because we find out she didn't wear it because it, was, it came too late she was already married and <laughs> which yeah. you know Oh, sorry. I think you're going to say what I'm going to say. Go ahead. <laughs> that trust the timing <laughs> because it wouldn't, I don't know how to put it correctly, but it wouldn't have, it, it wouldn't have had that. It wouldn't have had as big of an impact the reunion um, had she have had she already worn the wedding dress. So let's say mm -hmm. Jessica got the wedding dress. She wore it. Annalise sees it from the back because we, we find out that Annalise has been keeping tabs on Jessica. Um, while she watched her working. wedding from the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that would have been sweet. And I'm sure, Oh, Annalise would have been like, Oh, you know, she's wearing my dress. She still loves me, etc. But having Annalise or having Jessica make that decision to number one, meet her mother, number two, wear the wedding dress. I mean, which is going to look pretty conspicuous in a tea room. Oh. <laughs> Buckets of tears, you guys. Buckets of tears at this beautiful reunion between mother and daughter who've been estranged for so long. And um, also, I also appreciated the fact that Jessica was not like, let's talk about the last 12 years. Mm -hmm. She, she just said, not now. Let's just love on mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. And make up for lost time. 
And I think that's what they needed. They didn't need the an inquisition right there and like let's hash it all out. Just mm-hmm. let's enjoy the moment of reuniting and being back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was glad. I was glad that she was already married. I was glad that they didn't make it just in time for the wedding because it meant more, just like you said, Casey. And Rita's face when they walk away. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She doesn't want to leave. She looks back until the last possible moment and finally resigns herself to leaving. But Mm -hmm. she knows that that will never be her. And she loves seeing that it has happened for one mother and daughter Mm -hmm. and that she helped make it happen, Mm -hmm. even if she can't have it happen for herself. Yeah. And as she's walking away, she does one glance upward to her mother Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Oh, man. shaking it loose so (laughs) any last thoughts about the letter story before we move on to the postables and the wedding yes um i have one i have one thing (laughs) it's very oliver o'tooley but i I loved all the stamps like how they are all representative of all different like strong women the Mm -hmm. courageous women yeah (laughs) i thought that was fun and now i know about all these women (laughs) I know. I looked them all up. I was like, oh man, who's he talking about? You know, <laughs> obviously I knew, I knew, who, yeah. I knew who Sacagawea right. was, but I didn't know who Nellie Bly mm-hmm. was until, until they talked about her. I didn't know who Bessie Coleman was. I had heard the name, mm-hmm. but I didn't know who she was. And, um, but one thing that I love is that Jessica, num- number one, Jessica took a very sad situation and turned it into something beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, remember on her 21st birthday, she looked herself in the mirror and said, face it, she ditched you. Mm-hmm. That could have made her very bitter. It could have. And she turned it in, she turned this horribly sad situation into something beautiful and that's what Shane reminds Annalise and I don't know if you guys heard it but when Rita tells Annalise that she is strong and she is brave then Shane chimes in and says think of the thousands Mm -hmm. of children who chose the higher ground mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> <Call back>. yeah <laughs> who chose the higher gra- higher ground because of the stories that you told jessica mm-hmm. so number one jessica turned a very sad situation into something beautiful and into something enjoyable for mm-hmm. so many young mm-hmm. adults and teenagers and children who knows how mm-hmm. how many and number two, you had to add that little Easter egg of her saying higher ground. <laughs> and you, you know, with the books, it's almost like Jessica was trying her best to hold on to every good memory she had of her mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Yeah. She never truly gave up on her mother, even though she was, you know, she kind of had that flippant attitude a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, mm-hmm. you could tell like she's, I mean, she would not have done like all those books if she really just was like done with my mother, you know, she right, never really yeah. detached. She kept her with her through her writing, which yes. is beautiful. I also love how Mr. Fry, the tea master, <laughs> I love how embarrassed he was. Of course, he was very British and very proper and wasn't going to show his full emotion. But I loved how he was slightly embarrassed that he never recognized her, mm-hmm. even though I'm sure that he probably never even saw her because she's on the night shift. Yeah. You know, it, but he still, even though he may have never seen her, he still says, I never noticed. And then the way that he welcomes her back after so many years as if nothing has happened and he even escorts her to the table it's just he he talks about how he has served kings and queens and presidents and princes and and he's still treating a maid like royalty yeah it's that i thought that was a beautiful moment it's an understated moment, but it's very much there. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. All right, we wrapped up this letter story, and now we can't end this without any trivia. Oh, dear. Oh, of course not. Of course I'm not. not ready. <laughs> of course not. Okay, number one. What was Joe's wedding present to Norman and Rita? Rice cooker. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tip of my tongue. Okay, on the way to the barn, what kind of drink is Norman carrying? On the way to the barn. Yes, they have uh, sushi. Oh, when they have sushi. Oh. He's carrying a case of soda. What kind of soda? So I guess it's not Yoohoo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Cherry? Grape strawberry. I, it's grape. I, it's grape. <laughs> Yay, Jess. <laughs> okay. When Norman and Rita are in the DLO and they're grousing, well, more like Norman is grousing about Ramon, where does he sarcastically say that Ramon got his medical degree from? Oh, 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 oh. I have it. <laughs> I wrote it down. Where is it? <laughs> it's somewhere in my seven pages of <laughs> five four three uh, oh here it is two, here it is one. from south central delaware community college Correct. <laughs> <laughs> how many cousins does norman have 37 something <laughs> 37 37 what six foster homes one forever family 37 cousins okay what day is it when we start the movie monday well dates Oh, no, I have that too. It's the 30th. It is the 30th. (laughs) What does Shane move off of the box when she finds the wedding dress? Blanket. No. Dang it. Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah, she purposely moves this thing off. To pick it up. Pick it up. Oh. Nope. I know. It's a blue helmet. Oh. oh okay final question all right here we go 
Name Jessica's books, five of them. The Secret ah. Adventures of Annalise. Hold on, hold on. I have it. Where are they? Where are they? <laughs> Annalise and the... Where is it? Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, hush, you. <laughs> I... I wrote it down. I cannot. Time's up. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, the the uh, book five was the flight to the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it's that they're about that the stories are about a war correspondent, an aviator, and an army nurse. Well, that's uh, not the title. No, it's not the title. Um, I have the titles. Obviously, I'm asking the question. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're asking the question. So, okay. uh, time, time. All right. Okay, Annalise and the Pirates of Never Lost Island. Annalise in the Battle of Bonfire Hill, Annalise in the Shadow of the Invisible Tiger, Annalise in the Prison of Time, and Annalise in the Flight to the End of the World. You couldn't ask what time this the uh, book signing was going to start. I had that. Uh, you <laughs> would already write. You would have written that down. <laughs> okay. Exactly. That's why I'm not winning because I didn't write any of that down. Oh, I did write. I wrote the people who were on the stamps, and that's the only trivia-like thing I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did not write down. Okay, postables. Well, we have talked about a lot and we have more to talk about because we just can't shut up about this movie <laughs> this movie's pretty deep a lot packed into that hour and a half there was a oh man we will be back next week to continue our discussion of to the altar bye bye, bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Deliver Me a Podcast. If you want to know what's going to happen next week, be sure you are following us on Twitter at Deliver Me a Pod and on Instagram at Deliver Me a Podcast. We also have a merch store where you can buy tons of post things for you and your friends. We'll see you next week.